0: Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate now! After
1: Black 50, Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will look crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Financial fossils? i fossils? Like God put those here to test our faith. A damn lie, I, I saw them on my own eye! Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? We did an illusion, man! None of it is true! I know insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion!
0: Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. Tonight, I have a returning guest, a friend of the show. He's the author of God, School, 9-11, and JFK, and he's also the host of TNT Radio's World Stage. Welcome back to the show, Bruce De Torres. How's it going, Thanks.
1: man? Oh, going great. Thanks for getting me back here, and uh, keep up your great work, Andy. Lots going on in the world, and every voice like yours is desperately needed.
0: Likewise, sir. Likewise, man.
1: Good to see you.
0: It's been a long time since we've gotten a chance to to hang out and talk about anything. And uh, I know yeah. you've been really busy. I've been really busy. So I think we'll yeah. have a lot to talk about here.
1: Yeah, no, sure. we definitely will. Definitely will.
0: For anyone out there who's not familiar with your work, please just give them a little bit of uh, an introduction to how you came into this line of work.
1: Well, I... I wrote this, this book that's over my shoulder, God School, 9-11, and JFK, The Lies That Are Killing Us and the Truth That Sets Us Free. And I'd never written a book before, and I worked on it for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And Trine Day Publishing, Chris Milligan agreed to publish me. And that was a dream come true because I'd been reading Trine Day's books for years. And he said, but it can't come out till the following year, 2021. And COVID had just hit. So I wrote a whole new chapter, COVID-19, that's in this book. But immediately, Chris said, hey, you got a great voice. Oliver Stone told me I should start a podcast. So a couple of years ago, I started helping Chris every week with his own podcast, interviewing his different authors, Right now he's published about 160 books. My and some God. of these are just classics in terms of the deep dives into the stuff behind the scenes mm-hmm. that everybody really, really needs to know. So that's been an amazing experience for helping him, you know, with, with that podcast and getting to know a hundred or so of his authors and, and um, developing a couple other big projects with him. The, the the most fun thing, one of the most fun things with trying and Day these days is Chris published Whitney Webb's One Nation Under Blackmail, the mm. sordid union between intelligence and organized crime that gave rise to Jeffrey Epstein in two volumes. And it's selling really well because Whitney Webb is an unbelievably prolific, intelligent, erudite, brilliant person who's been lighting up the internet for about five or six years, just with her articles on her deep dive and historical documentation of so much garbage, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes. And now this book, she's been interviewed by Glenn Beck. She's been interviewed by Russell Brand. She's been on the Jimmy Dore show all in the last few months. The book came out in the fall and what an encyclopedic, uh, collection of of history to just show as jimmy door has been screaming lately we don't have regular corruption in america it's a hundred percent corrupt the major institutions the media the uh, legislature congress the pharmaceutical industry the regulatory agencies that are supposed to protect us the food industries that it's a full it's a full spectrum thing so
0: yeah it's more of an infiltration or a uh... I don't know, some word for a absolute takeover of a parasitic organism.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back decades and centuries, really, you really can chart it into the 1800s.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And further and further. And, and yeah. I mean, man, some of us have our heads thousands of years ago buried there. And then yeah. we're finding more and more. It doesn't really matter which time period you look at. We see the same patterns over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, you, you see all this stuff. And I I know that I have personally wondered many times, like how much of it is part of the natural progression of the universe and life and reality and consciousness and how much of it is this human involved nefarious thing. And it's, it's hard to draw a line sometimes, but it seems like. As the days go by, like literally days go by, it seems to be getting easier, maybe. Um, Specifically, this is the 60th year anniversary of JFK. And of course, it's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on to talk about him and how this whole thing is maybe coming apart for the ones in charge Mm -hmm. or maybe not i don't know i wanted to get your perspective with everything that just came out with jfk and what didn't come out it was it seemed like yet another dog and pony show i don't know i wanted to get your whole take on this so we could jump right in there first and foremost very curious about that
1: all right but i'm pinning in my head to discuss with you before we're done you alluded to spirituality there and stuff like that because there in there lies our hope because therein is in ultimate reality and as long as we are grounded in reality we are sane and yes mm. things are everything is very very naturally and unfolding beautifully mm. and i believe that tyrants exploiting and hurting a, who all the who they can is just part of part for the course on this planet Right. and I love to indulge, and we'll go right to JFK, but I love to sure, indulge sure, sure. the spiritual ideas and perspective that say this is something very intentional we came to experience, either as the one infinite and eternal soul that is playing this game to and for itself to be entertained by the Oh, the amnesia, forgetting who we really are mm-hmm. and seeming to be in quote, you know, competing with, with quote unquote others. And all the clues we've given ourselves that love is the answer. All the fear we win the game. We figure it out by right, by loving each other as ourself and indulging the fantasy, the ideas treat, that we really are. The only, you know, there's only one thing we're talking to ourselves. We're dealing with ourselves and everything I say and give and intend and think about you. There is no you like Mm. the matrix. There is no spoon. Everything I think about Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci, I'm thinking about myself. Mm. Now you back it up and we have to, excuse me. I get great pleasure in being a human being and being alive by loving them as folks who can't love themselves and they project it all on the useless eaters and the humanity that they think are worthless because dear anthony dear klaus dear bill gates unfortunately you think you're worthless and Mm. therefore you've got to assert you got to put others down so you feel a little bigger and better about yourself so
0: i love that man that was so well said all of that and i completely agree and and we will that will definitely be the high point i think when we get into the nitty-gritty get into the details and the subtleties of of human behavior and and how spirituality fits in there and that part at the end of talking about them they that It's almost a mentality, not individuals, right? And it just, it sweeps through. It could sweep through you tomorrow in a bad day. It sweeps through traumatized people forever, if never addressed. And that's where the difference is. And I think we're dealing with super traumatized generation after generation of traumatized individuals. And that may be a little radical. That doesn't mean they're not evil and don't do horrible things here in this place in time and space but it does feel like it comes from trauma extreme trauma i would say
1: and if it doesn't they were raised to really loathe anyone who's not in their class yes and they're insane that's an ins- that's an insane perspective mm, mm. and it can't it can't it doesn't lead to good because then they overindulge their 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 tyrannies and end up hurting and being alone and all this other you know mm-hmm. no matter how you look at it they're 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 a they're a disturbance right absolutely
0: yeah disturbance is a good way to put it um there's um there's a, another uh, new episode of the deep share coming out on uh, a few days from now um where or actually you know what this is probably coming out afterwards so i want to introduce you to a, a friend of mine a new friend named Dwayne who runs a, a website called bulletproof publishers and he's doing a lot of similar work to to what you do and what a lot of other great writers are doing to expose the truth i'll give you his information afterwards for sure but um and the listeners will know who i'm talking about um because that episode will have already come out when this airs but he has dissected a lot of the 20th century in general and it's unbelievable finding out that this plot this thing whatever is going on because of these narcissists these psychopaths that have been so abused or whatever it goes all the way back to to like the paris peace accords like it it, every major event it seems but again let's let's start here with with kennedy and see where it can take us so where or what did you feel when the documents came out a little while ago how did how did that come over you Well,
1: I'm intrigued. I follow it. Uh, And there are, are, God bless them, there are so many folks like Larry Schnaff, I think you pronounce it, and others who instantly, it seems like they pull all-nighters for a week to study the new releases. And within a few days, they were saying, not much new here. A lot of it are documents that had come out in previous releases only now they're a little less redacted okay mm. and a f- particular fellow to find and follow about this is jeff jefferson morley m o r l e y okay he's got a substack called jfkfacts.substack and for decades he's been digging into he su- he sued the cia i forget what the case was for about 20 years ago really just doggedly trying to pull all he can out about this, because in the arc of America's story, beginning, middle and end act one, act two, act three, Kennedy's assassination is the equivalent. If it was the wizard of Oz, that's the moment when Dorothy douses the witch with the bucket of water and determines the outcome. Mm. Whatever America was got doused right there. I say America was mortally wounded when he was killed and crashed and died with 9-11. And the death certificate is the Department of Homeland Security and the USA Patriot Act, because we don't live under the constitution anymore. We don't have our rights anymore. So we are not America. It's like that movie, I never saw it, but it's Weekend with Bernie's where they drag the dead body around. (laughs) That's what we're doing with America. Now, the miracle is we can resuscitate America simply by forcing our representatives to work for us and operating under accountability and transparency per the requirements and the limitations of the Constitution. JFK became... The reason I, I, f- I finished this book, because in 2013, I studied the heck out of his assassination because I was going every Wednesday night to an open mic in a little divy bar where they had singer-songwriters and they had spoken word. And in my 15 minutes, I was teaching them for seven weeks in a row why the assassination is a bunch of malarkey. Awesome. Done, I did, did the same thing two years earlier on the 10-year anniversary of uh, 9-11. So this was, this was the 50th anniversary in 2013. And then I couldn't stop reading about JFK because I got fascinated by his greatness, the fact that he stood up to forces that kill to win so my book's only 175 pages my jfk chapter is the biggest one in it it's 50 60 pages or something like that okay mm-hmm. and i and i really do a great summary of his life his administration his battles with the cia his battles with johnson his battles with hoover of the fbi and Dulles, of course with the cia and i show why what much of what really happened in the assassination to show like no one person was doing it. Mm. And, and it's, it, it couldn't be more dramatic and it couldn't be more inspiring because we came to the brink in the Cuban missile crisis. We're here because Kennedy and Khrushchev were sane enough to be honest enough with each other about what was going on in the context of a two-year correspondence of letters going back and forth between John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev, the leader of the Soviet Union, that nobody knew about. They had started writing letters to each other because the world was on the brink at that point in time, in the early 60s. And it, it came as close to blowing up the world during the Cuban Missile Crisis... As it as it ever has. It's actually come that close other times as well. But mm. particularly, we now we know about the Cuban Missile Crisis because enough came out in the decades following about how close it was. And shortly thereafter, by the next spring and summer, John F. Kennedy declared the desire to reconcile the relationship with the Soviet Union, see if we could create a permanent basis, a real basis for de-escalating the tensions to the goal of eliminating arms and armaments on June 10th, 1963. That's another anniversary coming up this year, 60th mm. anniversary in June. He gave his famous speech at American university. It's called the peace speech. And everybody ought to Google it right after this show and, and read it or watch it. Mm. Cause you in this day and age, it's, it's, to, to folks who think that Biden and Trump and Obama and W and Clinton, the whole litany, are as good as it can be in terms of what a president is, I could imagine someone discovering Kennedy with this peace speech, losing their effing mind with outrage. <laughs> You mean that's how good it was and that's how good it could be and we've had to swallow yuck ever since? Yes. So the uh, the deep state that killed him for the Deep Share podcast here, <laughs> you know, is uh, it's breathtaking. I put a lot on the table right there, Andy. I want to give you a chance to guide, steer, comment, or ask anything along the way. Sure, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm taking it all in, man. Wow, well, yeah. I um what I kind of knew that it was gonna be a nothing burger when those files came out. And I find it interesting that it's happening in multiple areas because the same thing's happening in the UFO community, which to some it doesn't seem that important, but I think what's happening in that community and what's being done to it and has been for a long time is government control and coercion and and distortion of truth and control and all that and it's interesting to see these this tactic just played out in multiple multiple areas right towards different people so not only do they compartmentalize their own projects right but they compartmentalize us in a very crucial way it seems what did you say it's it's Mm -hmm. crucial for them i mean i know we're all familiar with the divine conquer idea but it seems like we all, all of us as different groups have different meaning to them and almost play our parts in different ways. And it sometimes feels like we're all part of the control group. Like we're all part of unwitting controlled opposition. And that can be very psychotic for people to to deal with that cognitive dissonance of never mm-hmm. being able to trust anything. And it stems from this systemic, this, hijacking of the entire system and i'm curious what you think of of um because we talked earlier already about how this stems back to the beginning of the 20th century and further and further beyond what do you think changed when jfk was killed do you think it was it was all business as usual and everything was going according to plan for these traumatized narcissists that run society and jfk was like the diamond in the rough that had hadn't existed for a long time and was the only rebel to ever exist, or, or yeah, I don't know. Like it goes back further than Kennedy, but we want to feel like up until that point, the presidents were okay. So it's a little, it's hard to, hard to dissect. So I, I don't know. Let's clear that up a little bit. If that was a word salad
1: too, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I followed you and everyone listening followed you very, very clearly. <laughs> I feel that he was a tipping point. His assassination was a tipping point because they were able, they had, they had enough control of enough corrupt politicians in position and enough control of the media and enough experience doing regime change in the previous 13 or so years since the creation of the CIA in 1947, that they could get away with it. Mm -hmm. Up until then, I feel like it was much more of, a, of, of an open playing field and a free-for-all of, of competing individuals and factions. The, there was still a legacy of Americans who knew what the intention was at the founding and who held our representatives at the local school board, mayoral level, city council levels, accountable and then Mm -hmm. to the county level, then to the state level, then to the federal level. And in each one of those progressions, it's harder and harder to hold a representative accountable. But there was also a a very, very common understanding of what America was supposed to be, especially to win World War II. Mm -hmm. So you're very right in this picture of the good and the bad is always happening. Yeah, to, yeah. to win World War II, the government had to inflame Americans with righteous indignation and real zeal for America's ideals, mm-hmm. okay? while simultaneously creating something that had never existed before, in President Eisenhower's words, a military-industrial complex of vast proportions. Mm-hmm. So to take Kennedy out where and as they did, Then quickly followed a corruption, sometimes over time, sometimes very, very immediately of our empowerment. Civics classes were taken away from junior high and high school. We were Mm -hmm. really, really dumbed down aggressively over the decades ever since. And there was outrage and protests in the streets about the lies our government was telling us about what was happening in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. what was happening in terms of equality among different races and also what was happening i don't know if there were riots and protests about the lies of the warren commission but there were plenty of people writing and speaking up about it
0: en- enough for the cia to make sure they had their asses covered for all those loud yelling long-haired people <laughs> you yeah. know with the the conspiracy theory term being popularized on purpose
1: yeah a memo that went out from headquarters to many cia uh offices marshal the uh, your assets in the media to counter criticism of the warren report report people who don't believe our story that just little old lee harvey oswald did it Mm. um, particularly the editors and the publishers uh, and to counter these conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists blah, blah 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 blah. 1967 a little internal memo because it really it was something so the good news is, is that when you look at American history, Andy, the founding generation really, really believed. You just got to read George Washington's writings to see like he really spoke for the country. And, uh, you know, the huge the, the, the amount of the, the, the American free people had something like a 96 percent literacy rate and there were newspapers and pamphleteers arguing and competing, accusing each other of fake news way back then, same as it ever was, nothing new <laughs> under the sun, human nature hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And and yet we were on fire to be this little oasis. We knew what a sacred thing we were. It was common knowledge how brutal a king's tyranny could be. 100 years before our revolution, two King Charles's were among the most evil tyrants who ever brutalized and crushed and controlled not only their people, but also it took a 100 years before it to be so bad in the colonies that we said, you're out of your mind if you think we're putting up with this. Mm. And we really appreciated the beautiful experiment that we were in the first generations after our revolution. Mm. And it's just so natural that as the The fighters of the revolution became old men, and then they died. And Lincoln writes really well about this, what's happening, and how it loosened adherence to the founding. Lincoln's whole argument in the 1850s leading up to the the Civil War was, we've really degraded. We started by saying all men are created equal, and yet our fathers didn't know what to do with slavery because it was among us and it was embedded in the economies and the lives of a third or half of our brothers and sisters in the south i can't blame them for not knowing what to do with black slaves and the ideal of freedom we are espousing because i don't know how to solve that problem itself it was a deep-seated problem sewn into the fabric and it, it didn't have to be. There were a lot of movements at the time of the revolution where people in the South were, were arguing about, how can we say we are for freedom if we're doing this? Right, and right. Folks yeah. who were rich and didn't want to work and who liked having slaves said, how can we just set them free among us? They're not educated. They probably hate us for what we're, we're doing. It was an absolutely, look what it took to, and of course, mm, mm. well, there's a lot to it because it was exploited like crazy.
0: Well, I think it's another good point to to say that, you know, it was also not just happening here. It's been happening over and over again throughout all of history, and it's still going on today as everything else is. It's just turned to a clandestine or shadow kind of thing where it's behind closed doors. It's subversive rather than externalized and forceful and aggressive and physically Mm. violent it's kind of it's still
1: physically violent, but Mm. it's like it's
0: not out in the open like it once was
1: yes and nazi germany is a great little rehearsal for what's happening worldwide in the last three years oh absolutely and has been developing and growing and getting worse since We'll keep it at Kennedy as a real turning point, too. Uh, and now it's totally corrupt. Like I I think I mentioned, you know, Jimmy Dore Dor is just screaming like it's 100% corrupt. And yeah. that's good news because it will collapse. You and I and all of us who are in the know about this. I recommend just doing the daily meditations and prayers and just centering and being ready for everything, because for folks who would do a 9-11. And who would do a COVID nineteen, and who would do the injections? Okay, which is a which is a, a a holocaust of a genocide in my opinion. Okay, we have to be ready tomorrow for them to say, "Oh, we've been cyber attacked, and the internet's gone in yeah. some places, many places, most places, or electricity because they're already squeezing food, they're squeezing jobs, they're squeezing we." unfortunately have to be ready for that while we pray and energize and give a lot of intention to sane, life-loving people who know a couple of things. I want to love every minute of my life. That's the only way to love your life. You have to love the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. And I want to help. I want to be a blessing to everyone I'm lucky enough to talk to and help them stay calm, which is what we have to parent ourselves like a loving mom, and we have to say, you can handle anything, make a lot of mistakes and learn. You'll get better every single day. That's what a strong father says. Mm-hmm. Get busy. You're responsible. It's your life, how you treat people, how you treat your brother and sister. Mm-hmm. So you're totally responsible. And we have to raise ourselves to be adults with that level of maturity. And then we have a chance. <laughs> we have a chance.
0: Yeah, man, I don't think people, well, some people do, of course, some people are listening right now, but a lot of people out there don't realize that this like erosion of an idea of a family, which is happening mostly, in my opinion, towards the having children or not situation out there. It's, it's, you know what I mean? And I was one of them until I had my son. I did not want children. And I'll happily admit that, that that's kind of how I lived my whole twenties. I was, I did not want any, cause I looked around, you know, but my wife made me switch that around to say like, well, we have to bring in, you know, a new generation that's going to fix this instead of, you know, I think, you know, we are the preparation for this new generation that's going to actually do something with it. Cause we won't, accidentally traumatize them as much as the previous generation and so on, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just I think it is getting better. Hopefully it feels like it's getting better.
1: And we have to fan that that feeling and constantly every day know what we want, which is I want to love life and I want to help everybody love life. And especially if you've got kids and to model that because that's what they're going to learn to a great extent. And to live consciously and parent consciously like it sounds like you're doing. And yeah, it, trying it, to. Trying that's to. the that's the holy grail of a human life, if you ask me.
0: That's where I was going with that, which I didn't. I just trailed off. the The fact that it's really not about having because of course they frame it from a me perspective. Do I want children? But the thing is, is like having children is not about you. It's not about. It's like not. It's not having an accessory, and that's what people without kids talk about it like Mm. often uh, very often it's like well i don't have a dog i don't need you know or whatever it's like oh my god it's not the same thing it's it's nourishing our future of our entire you know collective consciousness that is that is good that can be preserved and i think this disillusionment of of the family and things like that it's it's very subversive because on the surface it just seems like a a fad a life decision choice so oh, people are not having babies oh now they are having it has it's so much more than that and i think we uh yeah it, yeah i guess that's it <laughs> i want
1: to i want to take that back to the beginning which Let's is do it which is know thyself who am i what kind of a universe do i live in is it a is it a loving welcoming place am i welcome here do i belong here or am i a problem am i an accident am i someone's inconvenience mm. and that means following nature think about nature nature produced us nature produces trees and bees and birds and dogs and you and me and in nature as we develop i have this fantasy of tribal life prelingual life loving and have having and loving kids was just as natural as going to the bathroom mm-hmm. horrible you know but it's just it's this there's, no, there's no analysis about it it's just yeah. what happens and then with some rationality applied to it or intelligence applied to it it's we all thrive when we all thrive. And uh, so, in, so in families, tribes, and little communities, it works. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's the first thing is to contemplate, how do I get here? You know, and, and what do I want? And why don't I want that for everybody? And I do want that for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, in, a, in any population, it seems, there are percentage, it's the bell curve. Right. The vast majority just love to do what everybody else does. That's it. That's it. Oh, we're all, uh, you know, eating healthy now and we're all taking care playing nice. Great. We're doing that. Oh, we're all turning in our Jewish friends now and and letting them get uh, taken away. That's what we're doing now. That's the great middle because they just they haven't thought through. What do I want? Because if you've got enough food and you've got the basics of life might well, you just go with the flow right. oh, they're not taking me they're taking them oh, they're not mocking my tribe they're mocking that tribe everything's mm. okay but on the fringes you have geniuses like kennedy and gandhi and martin luther king and jesus and buddha and you know, who rumi the poets khalil Gibran, who really really get this beautiful experience at a at a a profound level and they teach us and they inspire us to to simplify our lives not have a lot of wants needs and desires and just hold sacred the precious moment but on the other side you have people who lust to dominate and control others and they organize with each other they blackmail each other they compete but they collude and they they become the rich and the powerful and you, okay so that's just life that's just life on this human planet and to do a lot of soul searching and figure out well if that's true how do I want to deal with it you know, how do I want to deal with it you know because and it's easy to be filled with despair this is occurring to me to to say this when one watches the news you think that this is a nightmare planet it might be. The hell where other planets send people to be punished to come to this planet if you watch the news all that happens is horrible scary stuff but that's a fraction of what really really happens because naturally people are like you just described you have a baby and you love it and you realize like wow this is what life's all about <laughs> naturally we do help each other naturally most people we have to think and it's it's documented you can just see it it's most people want to help. Most people want to be fair. Most people want to share. You look at kids and and if they haven't been traumatized or they're not raised by a-holes who, who might be racist or other abusers, most kids are pretty, pretty cool. But, right. some, but some become abusers, maybe because they were abused or because they're so trashed and traumatized that they're in a frantic race to put you down quickly so they feel a little better to control oh, yeah. you cripple you so now you can't be a threat because they're so insecure they're afraid of their own shadow
0: and that's a it's a it's a it's a trauma response right i mean that's literally what that is it's it's being on guard at all times and throwing the first punch before you get decked you know or or saying the mean thing before something is said horribly to you it, i i've seen it in people i know and love you know i've seen i see that and and taking that to a macro scale. I mean, it, it's so yeah. obvious, right? It, you know. it becomes so obvious the structure of humanity and where our problems really are. And again, it's, th- it's how we raise our children. And it's such an interesting debacle because mm. how do you slow this train down? Mm. In, and I don't mean depopulation or, or not having kids. I mean, how do you slow the mentality down of 8 billion people, right. To, Hey, wait a minute. Let's all realize some shit real quick (laughs) because we're not all on the same page, you know? And I wonder if um, that's even the point, you know, to, to ever be on the same page in some sort of utopia or if this constant drama, this constant struggle is literally embedded into us in the duality of life, the balance of it all. You know, I wonder, I don't know. Now, see, we're seeping into the spiritual stuff here. We're starting to, starting to inch our way into it.
1: <laughs> Fine. I mean, it's, it's infinitely uh, uh, fascinating and also helpful. It, you, know, to, you described how do we make a more conscious planet? It's by having more conscious individuals, and we right. can only share what worked for ourselves and what we like and what, what helped us along the way. You know, I was I was a ragingly immature person into my adulthood. You know, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I just brought everything to a screeching halt to just realize I cannot go on being as as reactive as a pissed off fifth grader. I just can't. So now I could tell you all the authors and uh, and advice that helped me do one thing. It's called do the work. Why do you feel what you feel? First of all, what, what do you feel? Why do you think what you think? How long have you thought and felt this way? People go to therapists because I can't take another day being me and I don't know what's wrong. It's like, okay, take a deep breath, calm the F down. (laughs) Let's, let's start to look at it. These are the questions to help people get grounded and get here because 99% of the time, no one's hitting us with a stick. Right. So all of our problems are in here. They're mm-hmm. what we're thinking. And the, the tragedy of America for the last couple hundred years, or the last 150 years, is school. Because it's a destruction and an interruption of what a child would blossom and be naturally if they were free by this completely inhumane and inhuman crime against humanity to cage and lock up kids Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that is punishment so they internalize i must be awful so that's why young men and women don't want kids maybe Andy, because we internalized our hardwiring is i am awful i wouldn't inflict myself on a kid i wouldn't do a a child a disservice by giving them me as a parent
0: you just hit the nail on the head man just to jump in it it was that plus it was also what why do these people think they know how to raise a kid i don't know what Uh, great quote from edward norton in fight club how do i have a kid i'm a 30 year old boy you know it was a great line i was younger than him at the time when i saw it but it was just it comes back to me a lot you know Sorry
1: no it's it I could interview you about all this stuff, Andy you're Absolutely. you're a thoughtful person and you've you've had how many shows have you done? How many episodes and how many years have you been doing this?
0: I think I started at the beginning of 2020 and I this is episode I think high 80s mm-hmm. um, I've been taking my time though you know I've had to I've had to pace myself a lot to take breaks. That's just for the sanity you know cuz because i'm i'm not the i'm not that guy that will well i just got to hustle i got to hustle and sacrifice time with my 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 kid and my my wife i know that that's essential sometimes i'm not saying i'm a total pushover and i don't work hard but it's that i i'm not going to do an episode every night anymore i was trying to do that for a little bit and it's just like this isn't worth it i'm i'm losing time talking about how important the family is on my my damn show you know and you know it's not that we they feel ignored but still i just wanted to make sure i was balancing my own stuff so and it brings more quality to to what i do on the show if i'm yeah. balanced and not overwhelmed and it was definitely getting that way for a while so i had to take a nice hiatus from it you know well that, that makes
1: scared. you the, that makes you the real deal and it makes you it, you you are really by being a real human to the best of your ability <laughs> right <laughs> it, you know it makes you valuable you know everything you do and share and talk about and discuss with Thanks, folks man. yeah i
0: appreciate that it. It means a lot coming from you bruce cuz i really appreciate your perspective and you know for those that remember bruce was on of one of Uh, I think it was a witness episode where we, we talked about, we were in a group talking about spiritual experiences, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's where I realized that like, it doesn't really matter what we call things or what they feel like to us. If they're different from everybody else's it's, it's recognition that we're all trying to describe the same situation over and over and endlessly endlessly that's what keeps me coming back to this stuff and and trying to trying to turn other people onto it passively though you know
1: well a couple of things you you remind me the joy i have of this this dialogue in my head you know i could it's uh, you know it's like know thyself okay bruce i want to know who i really really am okay and then bruce says okay let's start with the basics you are here right most po- folks would agree with that. Yes, I am here. Like, okay. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Okay. Well, let's assume you're here. Let's yeah. let's say you're here. Okay. What's here? What's what's present? Now we have to talk to some physicists. And they'll mm. say they'll say energy. Okay. So we ask the physicist, what's energy? And they say, Well, you everything around you, you know, you're you're the shape of your body is dependent on the air pressure which is dependent on the atmosphere. and if anything was a little out of shape, you know you you we wouldn't be here. there'd be no life because we've got the air pressure and all that's fascinating right they're like okay and the way molecules exchange energy, well there's no place where one molecule ends and another begins it's really a way. it's an infinite wave. it's an infinite infinite one thing that's what energy is. okay so, it's, it's atoms and particles? Well, no, really, it's it's potential because depending on how you measure something determines what it becomes. Mm. It's, it's, so we're creating with our observations. A, a, a real debate quantum physicists have is when no one's looking at it, does the moon exist? Because <laughs> in experiments at the finest level of what energy is, depending on the intention of the experimenter, it determines the outcome. It's nothing is without the agency of consciousness, looking at it long, long answer observation to to make this point. Basically physicists say, well, what's here, what you are and what I am is infinite possibilities, infinite probabilities. That's, who and what you are a pregnant void okay bruce okay so the upset person you know upset doesn't know what to do or make out of life it's like okay well that's what you are you are here that's what here is that's what's here that's what you are infinite possibilities okay what happens next and what shows up your intention has massive uh power over that meaning your life is lovable. If you love it. See, this is like the old wise man talking to the student, smacking him on the wrist, grasshopper. When you can take the pebble from your hand, young guys can't figure it out because young guys are in a hurry. Right. Oh, absolutely. To always to prove things. And <laughs> so that's how you got to let them fight. You got to hit them with hard sticks to try to get their attention until they grab the stick. And the teacher says, ah, congratulations. You figured out how to make the pain stop. I'm like, okay all this buddhist stuff of suffering is what we think about what's going on you know it's not the conditions in our lives that are making us suffer it's right. our thoughts about the conditions of our lives so it's really i'm tapping into the infinite power we have which is all mental mm-hmm. This was a story i say all the time is the old survivor of one of the nazi concentration camps years ago was asked How did you survive when so many succumbed to despair and horrible treatment and conditions? And the old survivor said, they could beat me, they could starve me, make me work in the snow, sleep in the snow, but the guards couldn't make me stop loving them. (laughs) It's fair to say most folks would, would die of despair in a concentration camp because they would be convinced, they wouldn't even think to question the idea that this place stinks this is an unlovable place but here's one guy who survived because he was committed to loving here right now hopefully it doesn't get that bad for a lot of us but unfortunately a lot of the world needs that lesson but we can't we can't solve that or do that for anybody but ourselves
0: that story reminds me of a movie I saw a long time ago with Joaquin Phoenix called return to paradise. I think Vince Vaughn was in it too. It was about this guy that gets caught in a, I can't remember where they were some c- country that was really harsh on even cannabis and stuff like that. And they were caught as tourists with, with weed and Joaquin Phoenix ends in, ends up in this just dungeon prison. And the other two don't, I can't remember the exact situation, but years later they come back to like free him with lawyers and stuff like that. And they finally get a chance to see him in the cell and he makes this amazing speech. And part of it, he says, you know, he starts believing in God. He was a former atheist and stuff like that. And they're like, what, since when do you believe in God? He's like, well, out there you don't, you don't need God, but in here you do in here you can hear him, but out there you can't because it's too loud out there and it was just I'm, I'm kind of butchering it but the essence of it reminded me of what you just kind of said in a way
1: well you just described the shamanic experience the shamanic awakening that folks have and it goes mm-hmm. back to what we felt in nature and a very accessible <sighs> description is native american lore and their cosmology and their you know their philosophy and Many Americans know that, even from bad Western movies of the wise Indians telling the young ones, the earth is our mother, the sky and the winds and the sun are our father, and the moose and the buffalo and the deer and the fish and the birds are our brothers and sisters, and we are all here for each other and we serve each other and they they pray to the animals that they that they are going to kill and eat and they have a communion of souls within the looking in the eyes of the animals and there's a reverence and a holiness but like Joaquin Phoenix's character discovered alone in jail when we get quiet out in nature it's alive like dr frankenstein screams yes. it's alive.
0: <laughs> yeah i love that you brought that up because i believe that there's an esoteric you know perspective to see the movie like that
1: <laughs> the story of
0: frankenstein <laughs> uh,
1: well it's but i've recently interviewed a woman who wrote a book about her traumatic childhood and then her traumatic adulthood trying to fight and keep her kids from being sucked into the corrupt judicial system that wants to take kids into the state custody for nefarious, horrible purposes as part of even MK, MK Ultra mind control. Yeah, her childhood, she spent tons of time because of a broken family. Her mother was, you know, ostracized. She, her mother was taken from her life, and this, as a young girl, Jane Hatch, she developed her shamanic powers, and she's she got a brand new book about it. And, and she, uh, this whole journey and the fight for her kids where the trees and animals taught her things. And I said, this is, is this powers and abilities we all have? Yeah, latent, but like Joaquin Phoenix out there, it's just too noisy, like modern yeah. civilization and the addiction to our devices and the fire hose of news and information mm-hmm. and the seduction of virtual reality in the metaverse
0: is
1: (laughs) as evil as evil could be if evil is the unnatural to stop us from feeling what's here and by my definition of here feeling what we are which is this infinite and eternal spirit that is infinite love infinite knowledge infinite good intention and i gotta believe because it's the most empowering thought, so I choose to believe. I intentionally came into this existence, this incarnation, to figure this out and help others figure it out. That's a joyful path and calling for me. Along these lines, it doesn't have to be true, Andy. It just makes being Bruce fun. It makes it. There you fun. go.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I also think, I mean, truth is very subjective. And the only time you ever experience truth is the stuff that is in, is within that you can't put into language or logic anyway. So yeah, more power to you there.
1: Um, Good.
0: Oh, real, well, real quick. I wanted to bring up a, a thought that I've been kind of not developing. I've been looking into a lot of primary source materials from a lot of different cultures and a lot of different anthropology work and stuff like that. And I'm finding that, this word pagan that is like a blanket statement. It really is a blanket statement. Uh, it's it, it just a way to describe everybody before a certain point. And it's it's just a bad way to do that. And what I've been getting into is this idea of polytheism is actually just a creation from the Catholic church. Because as you were saying before, everything was divine. Everything was holy. We were all brothers and sisters and part of the same thing together, right? Everything was divine. And this idea that I I really do think that it's a, just a many versus one dialectic created where the real, how should I put this? They give you a false premise that there has to be these higher things that are better or more important or more powerful and is there one or are there tons? The idea that pagans, quote unquote, pagans worshipped nature gods is kind of a backwards and inside out statement because they did not worship. That word is troublesome already where you look at the uh, etymology of it, where it goes. They didn't worship anything. They didn't bow down in a way that was subverse, uh, submissive. To anything else it was all love and adoration in that in the deepest sense that it's that scene from avatar where naturi kills the animal and and prays for the animal like you said mm-hmm. you know so i don't know i was curious what you thought about that because that's what it seems the anthropology is pointing to when you look at many different sources from a lot of different areas sure. There, this is a this is a later pagan thing a creation it seems but i'm curious what what that
1: what that puts you on to a a bunch of things, but especially (laughs) the, 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 the beauty of the organic experience. If we could be members of the same tribe handling nature to survive, there is something irreplaceable about that. It might sound I'm idealizing it in our modern lives, but our modern lives are very unnatural, very, very unnatural. Our reliance on technology. And this is for the last, many hundred years living in cities the way we have for the last many hundred years is an aberration
0: monkey hives.
1: Yeah. And all (laughs) religious systems and all the, all the distinctions you just described are, are all mind games and people trying to manipulate and, and, and and disempower us because the, the versus our natural power, which is, as you were describing, if we, if we, could feel the divinity of life and nature we we would walk the earth with with great peace and reverence and and not think for a second that we have anything figured out it is a gigantic a gigantic mystery because we've got we have a dual nature mm-hmm. we we can through poetry and conversations like this experience and touch our divine nature right there are hallucinogenic drugs that'll allow folks to do that but there is also the ecstasies of the falling in love as a teenager that are just there are no drugs that compare with that yeah you're right the confusion (laughs) and the ecstasies and the reveries and the and just the 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 the, the chaos of it all yeah that that happens to produce babies
0: (laughs) Gee, what a surprise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that was (laughs) supposed to happen because it It did. Um,
0: so what what makes you think that people will war against nature? Like, how did we come to like how does the mind come to that? Like, even from uh, because I know some people that have been through a lot of trauma, you know, on their micro scale in their lives, you know, and they still want to do right for the most part. You know, it's like, how did this take over? This idea that nature, or do you think it's even conscious? I guess that's a two-parter.
1: Well, by nature, do you mean, you know, our time outside or do you mean our natural proclivities and tendencies?
0: Man, well, it's almost like you kind of answered it there. It's kind of both in a way. It's like we are kind of drawn naturally to distraction, maybe, because that's what part of the everyday life is. It's a, a distraction from the truth of our chaos, I guess you could say. but. Yeah, maybe there's a balance there to find.
1: Well, how about this? It occurs to me to maybe approach this question with a with a quick review of the theories of Dr. Bruce Lipton, who wrote The Biology of Belief. Love his, Bruce Lipton. Oh, my gosh. Well, for your listeners, his model of babies being in a super learning state until they're around seven years old. And by the time we're seven... We have concluded and adopted and developed many programs that now run us subconsciously for the rest of our lives until or unless we bump into frustrations because we, we we don't know. We've got a program running us for success in these areas and failure in those areas. And that's all of Carl Jung's work of making the unconscious Conscious, right and we're that that's our that's our nature so that like if someone's warring against nature they're they're in the grips of that that confusion Mm -hmm. and for americans as an example not raised by loving parents meaning naturally this is bruce's model of parenting babies cling to their parents until they don't need to cling anymore and then work with and live with their parents helping until they can do everything by themselves that would make brilliant and magnificent human beings right we are so far from that for decades or a couple centuries now absolutely our kids are taken from us and as kids were taken from our parents and we are We're trained on machines and computers now to do what all? It doesn't matter because we're becoming psychotic messes. There are generations now who are addicted to their cell phones and their video games. They were raised by their cell phones and their video games, and they're afraid of other people. Dating is down. Marriage is down. Relationships are down. Pornography. This is porn planet. Oh, yeah, this man. Is, sky high. This is porn masturbation planet. Self, and self, 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 self. It's yeah. the me monster planet, too. And that's consciously because subconsciously it's fear. fear. Yes. I mean, it's, it's hard enough for a 12 year old who's well socialized to talk to a member of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough. Yeah. If you delay that until they're in your 20s or your 30s or 40s, there, there are men and women who will never touch uh, a member you know, of, of the opposite sex that turns them on or a member of the same sex that turns them on right. because they're touching themselves and they're touching their phone. Yeah. And now we're seeing come online advertisements for other devices and contraptions and virtual reality that even enhance that. Well if that's not the saddest GD thing you ever heard of in your life, I don't know what it is to me. Yeah. So, it's a really but back to strong figuring, reflection. Yeah. Instead so of figuring out ourselves or humanity or any of our problems, I, there's a lot that's if Bruce Lipton is right about that model of what our subconscious is and how it runs us, that's the cause of the rest of it in my, Absolutely. in my humble. Yeah. It's this illusory
0: thing. We like to call the ego seems to really be the subconscious mind or at least i don't know what do you think of that because i I, the the ego is so controversial and i've and i've changed my perspective on it so many times i'm still like it's this and then it's not this
1: (laughs) have you have you discovered the joy of marianne williamson's work no oh does the name ring a bell
0: no, please, please introduce right. me a little her,
1: bit. She's, she's written dozens of books in the last 30 years. She's vibrant mm-hmm. and strong, still going strong. The major classic, first classic, is a little thing called Return to Love.
0: Okay. And
1: her whole career since the 1980s, even in the late 70s, she has been an explainer of the principles of a book that was written in 1975 called A Course in Miracles. And the authors claim this book was channeled over time. One person got in the mode and the mood for weeks and weeks and months and months and gave this dictation and her partner wrote it down. And studying that book turned Marianne Williamson from an angry bitch, her words, in a young girl in her 20s into someone who could actually help people. And now she's one of the most popular best-selling spiritual coaches you want to say and and mm-hmm. life helping kind of people up there with Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and these these amazing amazing people
0: mm-hmm.
1: because A Course in Miracles is all about this uh, the, the spiritual nature of life and the illusion of the ego because you, you talked about the ego the yeah. ego is the idea that I'm separate from you. I'm separate from all of existence. I'm special, and I want special relationships. There are many that deserve to be judged and condemned. There are a few that are special, that are worthy of me. Right. And and um, it te- it's a great teaching on the oneness of existence, that what I think about you, I'm thinking about me, because there's only... There's only one of us here because there's only, there's only here. Here is what exists. It's looking through your eyes. It's looking through my eyes, but it's just here, you know? And I did so much acting and so many rehearsals and so many improvs that it's so, it's so seductive and it's so dangerous to look in someone, someone's eyes and say, what's going to happen next? (laughs) Because all of a sudden it's like anything is possible. Right. (laughs) (laughs) that's how explosively exciting life can be and you you have to figure out and it's overwhelming if you're young and that's why young people need mothers and fathers and uncles and you know cousins and brothers who say they're there stay calm figure it out pay attention Mm -hmm. listen what are they really saying what are they really asking right what would you make that mean well because of something that happened last year that's not happening now it's endless it's infinite it's endless. It's funny. You made me think of a Rick and Morty episode of all things, even though
0: there's a lot of controversy with, with a a writer of that show as of recently, but you know, it's funny whenever a lot of people are, are paying attention to TV shows and movies and pointing out reptilians and things like that. I'm looking at stuff like, Oh, Rick's on a planet where a consciousness has, has uh, embedded itself in every individual. So everywhere he goes, he's having the same conversation continue all over the place and you know it's a quirky idea to those that are just looking for reptilians but that is where the the reveal is to me like that that weird little quirky scene it's like oh what is that saying uh ah, that we're maybe just a stream of thought that's flowing through all of us you know if you pictured all of us standing somewhere and this wispy wind was just seeping through all of us. Right. Duncan Trussell described something like that years ago saying consciousness seems like an invading alien force. That's just embedded itself in all of us. And it's a really twisted way to look at it. And it's a very sci-fi kind of horror way to look at it, but you don't have to, you can flip that and and see it as this thing that's just a part of all of us. And this is where I find a lot of trouble comes in to when we start looking into faith and, and the afterlife and things like that. And unfortunately, whether I like it or not, I've been fascinated with it ever since my first trip. It's it, for some reason it awoken, it awakened that part of me. Um, so what my trouble is, is like, if that's the reality, How much are we as, you know, vibrant, awake people, conscious, deep thinking people, how much are we attributing to the true quote unquote self that is actually more of that ego?
1: I can only describe the great days that I have Andy. When I take time early in the morning to read and write and have a cup of coffee and pray for the ideas and the opportunities that will help me enjoy every moment and help others enjoy every moment. And like the scene of Rick and Morty you described, the promise is from mystics for centuries, ask for what you want, let it go, trust that it's coming and then pay attention and standing in line at the grocery store the lyrics to the song will address some urgent problem in your life standing in line somewhere else someone will correct somebody about something over here that corrects exactly a problem you're having in your life Mm. because i i i am convinced that The way you describe this one consciousness inside all of us is reality.
0: Yeah. Sounds, I mean, not to say that we figured it all out, but I have a, a hard time with my own devil's advocate in my own head, trying to argue against that idea, not only from my direct experiences, but just what I've kind of put together from a lot of the different adepts throughout the the ages of what they're really saying and well guys are they really saying that because that sounds like it sounds like you're just talking about the fear of death and the loss of individuality or something like that and and that's what what and i'm i don't know we might have talked about this the first time that you and i talked i'm not sure because this has been in my craw for a long time
1: (laughs) part of this spiritual imagination that i work on because it just makes my life easier and it's corroborated when i bring it up with with folks who've pondered these things or has looked into it so i feel Mm -hmm. rather sane i've gotten the social proof and the corroboration is what i get from hearing from people who had near-death experiences and then they describe what's on the other side and what they now believe reality really is and what's really going on it confirms all this Mm. And I'll plug one of my favorite YouTube channels. It's called Anthony Cheen Production. Okay. His, his last name is C-H-E-N-E. And he has these long form, lovely interviews with soft piano music underneath them. Nice. People telling their stories about what happened, what it was like. And the aftermath, these are usually an hour long. You never see Anthony. You never hear his voice. His interpositions are just, some like in the last half, he starts having just questions float on the screen that he mm. obviously asks the, the interviewee while well, the soft piano music. And these are holy experiences to me. And if what they say is true, there's nothing to fear about death because nothing ends. And in fact, that's just a blossoming into what people who've had great, trips on hallucinogenics and psychedelics have said that's reality this is a very tiny little sliver of reality
0: that was beautiful that that helped. um it kind of confirms some stuff in my head (laughs) like so i love hearing near-death experience stories because the majority of them they throw everything out all the crazy rituals and and everything you need to do and what's going to happen and you got to turn away from the light or you got to go into the light <laughs> or you're going to get trapped again all this ego stuff these are ego games and they just go no you just wake up you just wake up i always say people listening to this right now or tell me i'm a broken record i bring this up all the time this you just wake up And we have to toss out so much of even mystical ideas that are actually just rooted here. In, in the here and now, and it's part of our game, a part of our amazing mystery, as if off in the real world somewhere, <laughs> quote unquote, we're all in a writer's room and we're like, oh, what should happen next? Oh, my God, they're going to flip when that happens. Oh, my God. And now we're here, here and now, and all these intricate Indiana Jones storylines that you can go down in your own life. It's all still just part of right here in this experience and this whole idea of just waking up that near-death experiences have many, so many of them have said kind of gives me this wonderful hope that we don't have to worry about a lot of the stuff that gatekeepers like to tell us we need to worry about, you know, mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense.
1: And you made me think of the courage of no joke about a John F. Kennedy and his brother, Bobby. Our challenge is to be true to the best ideas we have about life every single moment. There's no context or person for whom we have to, or we should throw it away to go down to their level so that they like right. us and get along with them. The Kennedys were true to what they thought was right and wrong, knowing they were confronting forces that kill to win. Mm-hmm. There's no limit to the inspiration we can get studying people like that, Mahatma yeah. Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. And life is worth living when we are true to the high, our highest ideals. Shakespeare said it through, I think, Polonius and Hamlet. To thine own self be true. Then it follows as night the day thou canst not be false to any man. To thine own self be true. Come what may, John F. Kennedy wrote a book called Profiles in Courage in the 1950s when he was a senator. Hmm. And he says, a man does what he must despite the consequences. That's all there is to courage. If you have integrity and you don't want to be a coward. And with this horrible situation in America, a nation of people who were not well-parented, right. We have to challenge each other to have courage to grow a pair and do the right thing, no matter what. The right thing to do is always the right thing to do, come what may. And our reward is great in the moment because guess what? There might not be any life after death. So at least we would have the satisfaction that... I'm always telling the truth. I'm always true to myself. And it doesn't matter what national security agencies are monitoring these conversations and what target lists you and I might ever get on because we're telling the (laughs) effing truth. It's like, I don't care.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's unstoppable. Too bad.
1: It's a choice. Yeah. 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 And, and, and God, you know, we pray for the, you know, the strength that, should adversity come, is it adversity? If this is all a game I'm playing because I'm an infinite soul and I wanted to suit up one more time and play the game of being <laughs> human, it's like, come on.
0: You know, a friend you, of mine. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was done.
0: I friend a friend of mine likes to say, This is your favorite life, otherwise you wouldn't be here. And I, I just I think that. it's so perfect.
1: <laughs> it's true, it's truly taking a hundred percent responsibility for our lives. A hundred percent responsibility for everything that's ever happened to us, how we've ever responded, but specifically, what do we want? Oh, this horrible thing happened to me when I was a kid. I'm very, very sorry to hear about that. What do you want right here, right now? Well, figure it out. And I, for one, have figured out I want to enjoy life, and I can only do it this moment, right here, right now, because I used to have raging fears, raging anger, raging thoughts. The playwright, Mm -hmm. David Mamet, says, the mind is a raging fire. You know, we have to conquer ourselves. You could, you could take much of what Jesus says in the four gospels about having a renewed mind and being born again. It's all about waking up and, and realizing 99% of the things we worry about don't happen when we're ruining right. this present moment by complaining about the past or fearing the future. I love this little anecdote. A man is being chased by a bear through the woods. he comes to a cliff and he looks down and there's a roaring tiger jumping up to get him but he's got to start climbing down because of the bear and he's halfway down the wall clinging to the side the bear's swiping with his claws the tiger's jumping up with his claws and in front of him there's a big red strawberry and he bites it and it's the most delicious strawberry he's ever eaten (laughs) here's my question is the strawberry this present moment and the bear chasing us is our stupid past. And the tiger in front of us is our frightening future. But this present moment is this, this delicious treasure. Oh man, that
0: is, that is heavy. <laughs> that is heavy. It doesn't take away from the bear or the tiger. <laughs> it no. just, it just switches the focus to the, to the berry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's important. You said you've been saying a lot of things that just keep echoing in my head. The word grounding, 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 because a lot of our spiritual uh, practices, not our spiritual practices, more that the 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 gatekeepers out there trying to tell us how to have our spiritual experiences. They. yeah, they have a tendency to erode that, you know, mm. so. I don't,
1: I don't know if you've ever read any Ralph Waldo Emerson. I highly recommend uh-huh. it because you allude to these gatekeepers and it resonates because he has these quotes like, you know, all of society is, in a, is, a, is a conspiracy against the individual to think for themselves. Yes. You know, and his buddy Henry uh, David Thoreau who went out in the woods for a year or two to just really experience life uh at its, in its reality and and coming to peace just with one's own mind and you know we're here we're only here for a short amount of time the older you get shorter it is the faster it goes it's oh, uneffing yeah. be- it's uneffing believable
0: i'm starting to see it just a little bit not too much but it's starting to wind a little bit faster yeah you oh, know God. the the it's as within so without right this these distractions right I experienced them in here too, under psychedelics where, you know, and Terrence McKenna talks about like the machine elves from DMT. Right. And one of the things he says about them is they're showing you things. They're saying, look at this and look at this. And I relate to that because in my experience, it wasn't necessarily machine elves, but it was distraction. There was a path through my head into my heart and into the center of all things, but all around it were the most dazzling things that I could pathways that I could go down extravagant, provocative. So it's as within, so without, you know, we, we, this world is a, it seems to be a mirror of what's within us. I don't know how that works with many of us, but it must be to do with that one consciousness thing. But, you know, it's, I think one of the most important things we can do is once we have experiences like that, really try to remap what you found in here out onto here Mm -hmm. you know and i i I hope that that can be a a, you know an inspiring idea you know
1: it's totally you're saying in a different way you know follow your bliss follow Mm, your bliss yeah yeah that is such a a key or a path you know or, or a crack in a door that what what's right what's wrong what should i do this is a young person's dilemma it's a person's dilemma until they figure out i I have to make some decisions because i'm tortured by all the distractions of my own mind my thing used to be recriminating recent you know events conversations and hating someone because the conversation went that way and hating Mm -hmm. myself because the conversation went that way and hating them because i know the next time i see them this is what's going to happen this is what's going (sighs) to happen yeah Yeah. and (laughs) i've spent three decades now re training my mind like a muscle to not think like that because for i realized for decades that's how i thought to my Mm -hmm. complete you know agita and upset and Mm -hmm. oh i just lost what uh uh, uh, what you said reminded me of someone i said what it reminded me of and it was along those lines and it's all good (laughs) i'm sorry man (laughs) no you didn't see i'm i'm
0: i'm I'm picking up what you're putting down though for sure man we're speaking the same language here absolutely Absolutely. through and through bruce this has been awesome as i knew it would be as it always is yes sir it's been a really fantastic conversation before i let you go please let the audience know where they can find your amazing work.
1: Thank you. I'd start with brucestorres.com. You'll see everything there. There's only a bunch of stuff there. Number 1 is a bunch of reviews about my book and a way to get the book if you'd like it. Only 175 pages plus about 40 pages of resources so you, people can look mm-hmm. for themselves like okay, this is why he's sort of claiming this. <laughs> There's also a link to my radio show on tntradio.live 24/7. Today's News Talk, a free speech platform covering the I believe the most essential stuff they've got hosts and shows 24/7. I'm lucky enough to now have a 3-hour show live every Saturday afternoon and then every hour is the playback. There's a link to all the episodes. I've been doing it about 3 weeks now. It's it's just a it's a it's a treasure to me. And also there's a link to all of Trine Day's books. I'm the marketing director for Try and Trineday Publishing. And there's a there's a podcast there of 30-minute episodes with these different authors. And that is an amazing curriculum for anybody who wants to get up to speed about what the F is really going on and how necessary it is for more people to suit up, man up, and be adults and say, I now that I know this, I got to at least spread the word because good things will happen when more of us know what's really going on, when more mm-hmm. people have a loving intention about wanting to be, you know, want to enjoy this this thing called life and to and to and to get in between abusers and the innocent victims that can't defend themselves—that's all that's also another function in our in our journey here.
0: Absolutely, and that podcast on Trine Day is a treasure trove of amazing information. I can definitely speak personally about that, mm-hmm. and the uh, the new show looks incredible i can't wait to dig into a bunch of episodes i've already dug in to your episode with john klizik um mm, mm. from uh unlimited hangout and other places he's the author had, of school this, wor-
1: school he, school world order
0: school world order i have a copyright upstairs yep yeah. it, uh, he's a great man i love the lineups that you have going on on your show it's it's looking great i'm, I'm so happy for you that you're enjoying it too seems really awesome
1: yes, so and and i am excited you will be appearing soon on it i the date that's yes. not in front of me but it's i think in march and, i believe uh, i believe it's march 4th i march believe it's 11.
0: 225
1: actually yeah, or did I we change
0: it's... we might have changed it yeah i think it was the first week of march maybe
1: don't go anywhere. Yeah. what do we got here let's yeah see. we gotta
0: let the people know
1: right <laughs> oh, we gotta remind ourselves here yeah you are march 4th at 4 p.m eastern
0: beautiful i can't wait man that's gonna be so much fun i love picking your brain i love when you pick mine mm-hmm. this is a, a great great relationship we got working out here, man. And I, again, I really appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, maybe later this year I'll, I was thinking, I've been thinking about getting like a real JFK round table together. So I've been, I've been desperately wanting to like put something together really official to something that would appeal to someone I love and care about very much. My father, who's Mm. very, Hard knows about things and Mm. is a little open-minded, but JFK is the way into his heart for sure, you know? and it's like i just want to assemble the avengers of the jfk conspiracy. <laughs> so i think well maybe we can work that out at some point this year and and the listeners will enjoy that i
1: think. it's a it's a it's a great year to do that. it's the 60th anniversary of his peace speech in june and then his assassination in uh, but everything he did that last summer and fall was all about peace. he was on a peace campaign because he was trying to get america to pressure the Senate to to ratify a brand new treaty, the first arms control treaty with the Soviet Union, the limited test ban treaty, which got passed in September. He signed it in October. He considered it the greatest act of his administration through that time. If you can tell me, how old is your dad? My
0: dad is 68.
1: My kind of guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was around for all of it and he you know yeah. and yeah. that's the thing it's 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 unbelievable you know we always talk about like how do you wake people up well you can't really wake anybody up. you got to let them come to things on their own and that's absolutely true but you know when you know someone deep enough you know where their trigger points are
1: <laughs> but you do say like i love this one you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink but you can salt his oats
0: ah there you go yeah see
1: whatever that means
0: (laughs) i like it nah yeah all right bruce this was awesome thanks again for being here everybody Uh, thanks for checking out this episode and go check out bruce's amazing work go check out his new show everything all right see you next time thanks for listening to this episode of the deep share podcast if you want to hear more then hit that subscribe button follow me on all the social places and remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time.
1: Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's I the point. You have meddled the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? Uh... <laughs>